One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, fine. We'll talk about it. But no, last night's AEW Dynamite did not have a good attendance. It would have been way better if they had sold more tickets. And when it came to the atmosphere... Well, it was just a little bit quiet. Here's the thing, though. One, if you take pleasure in this, you're weird. I mean it. You're really weird and you need real problems. Two, no, it does not mean AEW is dying. And three, let's all just hope that things improve. That's it. I actually don't think it needs any more discourse. Let's go and up those downs. Things also started with a bang, too, because here came world champion Samoa Joe. He basically reiterated that if you do want to face him for the championship, you now have to go through the ranking system. Although it doesn't actually count as an opportunity, because if you do get in there with him, he is just going to strangle you into submission. That's what he said. Now, he did make the mistake of dropping Hook's name a few times, so of course, Wrestling Rule 08 came into play, and the wonderfully haired warrior came out, and he got in Samoa Joe's face again. It really is a continuation of how his character has been evolving recently, because he doesn't ever talk, although he is a man of few words. Because he got the microphone, and he just said, you won, I lost. I mean, that is true. He then kind of gave him this respectful hug, but also whispered into his ear, one day I'm going to see you again. And while Samoa was like, oh man, yeah, you did really well. He then told all the security guards to get in there and get rid of this punk. He wants nothing to do with it. So you could see what was going to come here. And of course, Hook totally murdered these individuals. And I was like, well, surely he has to be fine now. They were just doing their job, their employees. I actually thought this was quite good, though, because it reminded you that Hook is a dangerous dude who can beat you up whenever you want. But we also kept his momentum going. Because he absolutely smashed it last week, so now he can't vanish from TV. He needs to keep appearing and getting win, 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 win. And then a year or so, you can do the rematch. And damn it, maybe he even becomes the champion. And once again, those crazy people on the internet go, oh, Hook can't be champion. Man, my man could be champion if you wanted. It's pro wrestling. So I thought this did its job. And yes, it did suffer because of the crowd. But look, I'm rooting for AEW. I'm rooting for WWE. I am just rooting for wrestling, which is the name of my brand new EP. Give it a nap. When Hangman Adam Page continued to prove he is one of all elite wrestling's best. It's kind of a save for Penta 2, who was his opponent, because he has been smashing it for ages. And as ever, the bell rang. He went sling blade, sling blade, sling blade. Do a tart, do a pose, do a sling blade. The cowboy then hit a standing shooting star press when he looked at Samoa Joe, who was on commentary, because of course he wanted his eyes to tell Samoa's eyes, I'm coming for you and that world championship. But it meant his brain forgot he was in a match with Penta, who snuck up and just smacked him in the face. We think all the chops and the clotheslines, they both went down and spilled to the outside. <laughs> Which is when Hangman started looking at Samoa Joe again. I was like, you know he's there, dude. What do you think this is? A ghost? Come on. 1980s wrestling then came to AEW because we got the 10 punches in the corner. When Adam bit Penta. This is when I had a little bit of an epiphany, a little bit of a moment. I was like, we are seeing a lot of biting in wrestling these days. So I'm happy to introduce you to the Bite Bonanza 9000. I don't know what that means, but it goes up to one. 
I want to see how out of control this gets. From nowhere, Penta did smash out a made in Japan for a really good one too. But eventually, he got hit with the moonsault, so Paige went for the buckshot lariat. Penta was able to duck it. So Adam's like, man, you're just wasting my time. He hit him with a normal lariat, then he hit him with a buckshot version, and he pinned him anyway. Uno dos tres. So you can see what we're doing here, and it was going to be talked about later, but Adam Page is getting loads of wins, and Swerve Strickland is getting loads of wins. The ranking system is back in 2024. So quite literally, you can do the maths. Or you can smell it at the pay-per-view. I think we're doing a three-way. Give it a nap. Also, I know as well, people keep going, but wait a minute, Simon. Adam Page lost twice to Swerve. Once again, that's the whole point of the rankings. Now, it's not about who beats you. It's about who you beat. Renee Paquette was then talking to Orange Cassidy about defending his international title against Roderick Strong at Revolution. He just went, yeah, cool, fine. All right. The thing is, though, that is six weeks away and he doesn't want to do nothing. So he told Tony Khan, get your friends, get your enemies, get everybody, put them in a match on Rampage, and then I will defend this belt on Collision. Why not? He was then going to leave because he has to support Trent, who's taking on Wardlow. When Paquette was like, yeah, man, he's like a big meaty dude. And Orange was like, yeah, he is. He just walked off. I love this. It's like the antithesis of what a wrestling promo should be, but it works oh so well. So as I've told you a thousand times, Orange Cassidy is actually a genius. One day we'll all realize it. Our EVPs were here next. And it has taken me two weeks to completely fall in love with this gimmick. Because Matthew and Nicholas Jackson arrived in their over-the-top suits. And they are just leaning right into the fact that they are EVPs and basically portraying it on screen. And even when Alex Marvez came to talk to them, they were like, could you please use our passport names? You do know we're executive vice presidents. Matthew also talked about the fact that morale is through the roof right now and that they've sorted out catering. And actually, maybe Alex should go have a bite. He'll love it. But they even got kind of inside a baseball stuff because they bumped into top flight and they'll be like have you only just arrived that's no good and if you do it again we'll find you they also wanted to see their credentials when they were like <laughs> we're only joking but not really and i'm sorry if some of this isn't based on vince mcmahon then this is the greatest coincidence ever this really made me laugh though so you already know a deal if you make me feel good in my tootsie toes you get an up and the potential with this it could become bona fide hilarious. When we actually got some man meat taking on some flippy dippy doodah. I mean, what else do you want? Because it was Wardlow versus Trent, and unlike 99% of Wardlow matches, Trent decided, well, I ain't gonna deal with this, and he low-bridged Wardlow, who felt outside, and even the commentators were like, he's getting beaten up. He never gets beaten up. Now, of course, before all that, Trent had been shoulder-tackled and f 5 but here he just went baseball slide, baseball slide, baseball slide. When that damn official move of 2023 got in his head, the dive, and Wardlow just swatted him out of the air like a fly. I mean, that must have sucked. Trent was still able to come back with a massive knee, though, which is everybody's favourite move in 2024. And because the Undisputed Kingdom were also at ringside, they were going, referee, referee, this isn't fair. Trent also got a chair. He just smacked Wardlow with it. I was like, maybe he'll do it. Didn't really think that. He wasn't going to do it, but man, they tried. Clearly for him, though, he came to go to the skies because he can't help himself, so he got caught once again and totally murked. When essentially Wardlow gave him a super mega last ride powerbomb, like he did the thing where you grab the trunks and you hold them up, but he was marching him around. He came all the way down, which must be quite scary. Done. Wardlow was going to finish him off afterwards too, but Adam Cole told him not to, so that's interesting. But what's even more interesting is that afterwards, the best friend tried to help Trent up, and what did he do? He kind of shoulder barged past them. So is he leaving the group? Is he going heel? I mean, we probably should do something like that. They've been a unit for a long while. Let's have some fun. 
this did the job it needs to do. Shortly soon, Wardlow is going to be taking on Samoa Joe because his win-loss record is going to be ridiculous. Uh, when AEW's production team hit a home run, seriously. Because Rene Paquette was doing a face-to-face on the aisleway between Tony Storm and Rene Paquette. And when they were in their seats, half the screen was in color and half the screen was in black and white. So I'm sorry, give me more of that. That's tremendous. Paquette also tried to ask Deonna something, but of course Storm jumped right in there. She was like, no, no, I shall start this off. I have a massage at 11, I need to go. She also mentioned the fact that Perazzo had been body shamed recently. And if you weren't one of these idiots online that did that, no, I truly hate you. <laughs> when she was like, I didn't really understand that because there's so many other things you should be shamed about. I was like, all right, fair enough. That's a great line. The timeless one then admitted that they do have a past, they do have a history and a friendship, but she cares not for that because Perazzo thinks she can walk in here and just go geese title shot. I slip it like, Tony, that is how it works in wrestling. I mean, it makes no sense, but it happens. Storm also promised to twist her lips so hard she'll need an epidural, which is an amazing sentence. And Deanna kind of sat there like, what are you talking about? I didn't come here to make buddies. I came here to win titles. She also does not want to wrestle this version of Tony Storm because she wants the Tony that went to Japan and lived in her house for a while. I was like, what does it make any sense? We do cook clean and watch some Netflix. But this was actually really well done because it tied into reality because one, not only did that stuff happen, but two, they then revealed they both have matching tattoos. Tony sold this like it was the worst thing she'd ever done. Of course, they then ended this by throwing shoes at each other. So it may have been the best segment in the year. And even though Mariah May tried to help her hero, eventually it didn't work. And poor Luther, he got totally murked in the face. Storm used that to run away, so Deanna grabbed the title and held it above her head. And look, I know things like this are a little bit silly and they are a little bit stupid. But here's a revolution for you. I love silly, I love stupid. But also, we underline that this championship is important. And again, it had personality, it had flavor. That's what wrestling is all about. Uh, we carried on with this too, because John Moxie was backstage. He wasn't happy. I don't think he ever is. He was talking about the fact that the BCC has won a lot of championships, but they never have a victory party. Because here in AEW, the clue is in the name. It's about being an elite wrestler. And if you're not, John Moxie's going to find you. He's going to kick your ass. He also said that he would pulverize... And torture anyone that doesn't do this. I was like, no, John, nobody wants that. He also said that when it comes to him trying to achieve this, he'll cut his heart out and bleed for the fans. Once again, I was like, John, no, please, I'm not going to be able to handle it. Lee Moriarty's the first guy that is going to get murked. I think it's either on Rampage or Collision, but John Moxie just comes from the school of Eddie Kingston promos. He could sit there and read me the story of, I don't know, Little Red Riding Hood, and I would believe every single word. I mean, he just spits fire. He's a very, very good pro wrestler. It also feels to me like he's about to get a bunch of wins and maybe he enters the world title scene too when Tyre Valkyrie and Johnny TV were back on Dynamite. It's been a while. They've been doing Rampage stuff. Now they did reintroduce themselves and Tyre was like, Deonna Pratzo, how dare you cut the line? This has upset me when Johnny added in, yeah, no cuts, no butts, no coconuts. I laughed. I mean, I don't think any of us expected him to say that. And now we are going to do Tyre versus Parazzo next week. That does make sense because it means Deonna can get a win. It also means that Valkyrie is going to lose as soon as she does return to Wednesdays. But I guess sometimes it's not your turn. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When we got quite the surprise... Swerve Strickland versus Jeff Hardy. And there has been a lot of talk about the Hardys recently, and a lot of it has been nonsense, but here, Jeff must have come out with his working shoes on, because these two had a great match. Totally surpassed my expectations. There were dueling chants as well, so finally this episode of Dynamite did have some atmosphere. And early on, Jeff hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, and he held the tight. Now, Swerve kicked out one, but he looked at this man like, what did you just do? His punishment was to break Jeff Hardy's arm, but this is when Matt Hardy casting distraction. That actually didn't work at all, because Swerve just stomped on Jeff Hardy. I was like, Jeff, it did serve you right. He then decided to mock the Hardy dance, which he shouldn't have done, because Jeff Hardy was able to get all karate kit here, and he swept the leg. But he also did this crazy thing, I mean, I guess it was a leg drop, where he jumped off Simba the Still Steps into Barry Barricade, and they just kind of smushed together. I mean, that looked like it sucked. I mean, the guy really was flying for somebody who has hurty knees, and he hit the whisper in the wind, and another leg drop, where it kind of felt like he was going to go to the top rope. He should have done it, because Strickland pushed him off. Swerve also capitalized on this instantly because he pushed Jeff into Rita the ring post. Alguien podría pensar en Rita. But then shifted up again because Strickland was able to get the house call, but that was only a one-two-oo, much to his shock. He's like, man, I'm just going to finish you off. And he hit the big double stomp, and he got the three. We also made the point to go, oh, hi, Swerve is now also 3-0 when it comes to singles competition in 2024. But seriously, like I already said, this was way better than it should have been. Up. It all tied in too because Renee was in the back talking to Hangman Adam Page where she was doing the same thing going, oh my gosh, you have so many wins. And Swerve must have heard this because he walked in and said, well, don't leave me out. I have wins too. Strickland also wanted to push the idea that, wait a minute, Adam, I've beaten you twice. But Page retorted with new year, new me, dumbass, which is so going to be a t-shirt soon. And just as they were going to leave, Paquette was like, oh, actually, no, wait a minute. I've just found out next week is dealer's choice. This means they get to pick each other's opponent on next week's Dynamite. And that is so damn smart because now they can be like, well, who do I choose in order to put a loss on their record? Because then I can get the world title match. But if I was Swerve, I would choose myself. As we've already talked about, he has beat him twice. When Thunder Rose's comeback trail continued, this is just wholesome stuff. She was facing Red Velvet too, who I'm also a big fan of. And after they'd done some arm drags, Thunder drop kicked Red into the corner and she hit the Northern Lights and she got her first one 2 ooh. Velvet then returned fire with strikes and a double stop of her own, which was kind of running wild on this episode of Dynamite. When Thunder tried for her finish, but Velvet realized, oh no, I don't want to take that, so she gave her the dreaded backdrop. 
I, mean, I wouldn't call it the dreaded backdrop, but I've said it, deal with it. They had some shenanigans on the outside too, but essentially Thunder Rosa was able to get the Tijuana bomb and get the one, two, three. But actually, the best part of all of this was afterwards, because she looked into the camera and she was like, oh man, I'm coming for you, Tony Storm. And I'm coming for, and she turned to the camera person like, who's the TBS champion? Now look, I don't know if it was planned or not, but my word, it worked wonderfully. The disrespect to Julia Hart. I kind of think the TBS championship would be the best route to go at the moment, because you have so many people vying for that title. You could just have good match after good match after good match. But again, this does tie into the win-loss record. I'm excited to see what Thunder Rose can do in 2024. Up. At this point, though, I do think we have to talk about the atmosphere. And yes, it has to get it down. Again, we've already chatted about this, but there were times where it did just take away from your enjoyment of the thing. Look, I'm not blaming the fans here. If you go to a show, you can do whatever you want. But when it did get quiet, it was just a bit like, man, it would be a little bit better if there was more noise. So you can't just ignore it. Therefore, it's a down. But they got more building to revolution after this. So it absolutely sucks if you're one of these guys going, oh my gosh, AEW rushes everything. <laughs> with this one, they're doing a damn marathon. Because Tony Schiavone was talking to Sting and Darby Allen, with Darby being like, oh, Sting, ever since you arrived in this company, the impact you've had on me is amazing. But also, all the other things you've done. Like when you were in the other place, you got injured. I thought your career was done. And then we did a training session together, and you were better than ever. And that gave me confidence to the best father and son combo ever. There's also a great bit where we cut to the back and the Young Bucks were producing this segment because <laughs> they are EVPs. I think at one point Matthew was even like, nah man, this shot's no good. I can't wait. As the rankings are back as well, surely Sting and Darby do deserve a world tag team title shot because they are undefeated in 27-0. and Yes, you're allowed to raise an eyebrow to this. Because literally 10 minutes earlier, we were talking about the fact that the rankings have been reset in 2024. And now Derby's going, man, look at our entire record. I mean, if this is the case, there should be a bunch of guys who are going, hey, I've done well too, geese title shot. They still challenge Ricky Starks and Big Bill to a championship match, which is happening in two weeks, especially because they then passed the microphone to Sting. And Sting was like, damn it, let's do it. So this is super cool. And of course, the big question is, what do we do at the pay-per-view? Because we will go in two distinct directions. Either one, the Young Bucks will Ric Flair Sting, they'll take the championships. Or two, you could have the most wonderful ending ever, where Sting does win and he ends his career as a tag team champion. I'm sorry, that will make me feel so damn warm and fuzzy in my tongue. Tum, tum. I can't wait for this. Revolution is totally sold out. It is going to be one for the ages. Genuinely pumped. Getting it up. But yes, you can't argue that rankings thing we just talked about. And when I tried to justify it and I can't, well down. Dogs and Large William then did accept this. So it is going to go down, like I say, in a fortnight where Ricky was like, well, isn't this going to be poetic? Because I had your first match in AEW. And trust me, bro, you ain't even going to make it to the pay-per-view is gonna kill him. When we got reintroduced to our brand new super group, because if you didn't see Collision, the Reclaimed and Bullet Club Gold have come together, and they are now the Bang Bang Sister Gang, <laughs> only in wrestling. They're also taking on the Mogul Embassies for the AEW Trios titles, and of course the Acclaimed got the victory. And as I did say last week too, surely this ends with both of them splitting up and merging all the six-man titles together. So we have two sets at the moment. I don't think we need two. Otherwise, it was Max Caster using speed to start with, as Anthony Bowens did the same thing. When the Gates of Agony got in there, and they countered with power, and that did actually work... So the age-old question has been answered. Bowen's also got wrecked with his pounce as Brian Cage was also being a man-mountain when we got the hot tag to Billy Gunn and this guy just went crazy. I mean, he is 60 years old, and he looks like a huss, and he moves like a huss. He doesn't make any sense. So he is 2 plus 2 equals potato, although Leona did get in there to stop him hitting the fame asser. But Anthony Bowen's must have taken a phoenix down because he got right back up and then, yes, 
he got taken out with an F5. I was like, damn it, you should have taken a med pack. Everybody then just went, move, 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 till everybody was on the floor. When Prince Nana freaked out, he tried to use a chair. But this is when having buddies did pay off, because who was there to stop him? It was none other than Jay White. The guns were also around to drag Nana away, which left Khan all by himself. Somebody better tell Celine Dion. They will annoy Eric Carmen, but he was then murdered by the famous, uh, by the mic drop and by the arrival. So it was a one, two, three. So again, this was just a victory to let you know they have come together. In about six weeks, they're probably going to break up. So I thought this was pretty good, so I shall give it an up when we also got a great video, because on Collision, Serena Deeb returns to AEW, and honestly, she has been through it. This rules. It also means it was time for our main event. I tell you, I could have lived 79 lifetimes, and not in my wildest dreams that I ever think I would see this. Adam Copeland versus Minoru Suzuki. AEW is now doing this thing where they'll take one match and it will be commercial free, which is what happened here. So they were just able to move at a speed. Pretty impressive for these two. They went go, go, go. And they were smashing each other with forearms. Obviously, I'm not used to that from Adam Copeland. I was like, man, he gets it. Suzuki then decided he was going to snap the arm, but Copeland booted him in the head instead. And when they went to the outside, essentially, Adam speared him through Barry Barricade. So in many ways, this is like Goldberg versus Lesnar from WrestleMania. In many ways, it was nothing like it at all. Suzuki just smiled throughout all of this because he is totally unhinged when he started to slap Adam Copeland. Because Adam Copeland didn't want to be slapped, he slapped him back. When they slapped each other so hard, they both fell down. It's like Humpty Dumpty. We got this great reversal because Suzuki went for the armbar, but Copeland was able to get the DDT. But when he went for the spear, he found himself back in the armbar. And by that point, he was probably freaking out. Copeland scrambled to the ropes, which is when Suzuki went for the rear naked choke, when from nowhere, Adam busted out this spear, but he got a one 2 you should have seen his face. He couldn't believe it. I was like, bro, it's Suzuki. you got to kill him. It was so true, too, because Suzuki then rose from the ashes like a damn zombie, where he did lock in the choke. And honestly, once again, this guy, because one, he was strangling Adam Copeland for real, or two, for effect, Adam held his breath. His flipping face went purple. He soon realized he was dying, so he wiggled out of this, where he kind of turned Suzuki into the kill switch and hit it, kind of, sort of, but not really, but who the flub cares? And he got the one, two, three. And then it got even better, because he wanted to shake Suzuki's hand, and Suzuki just went, made a bunch of noises, and he walks off. This guy is the best. We also saw Christian Cage watching this from the back, although, yes, it was footage <laughs> from before All Out 2023. And all wrestling companies have to know this. You can't get it past the fans. They're all nerds. Copeland then grabbed the microphone and said he was glad that Suzuki hadn't shaked his hand because even he would have been disappointed when he said, Christian, I hope you're watching because I'm coming for that TNT title. And I was like, yes, he is watching, Adam from last year. I can never get mad at this stuff though because it should never have happened and it's just a fever dream watching two people from complete opposite ends of the wrestling spectrum go to war. Man, I had a wonderful time. Up. Which brought us to the end of AEW Dynamite, and I think everybody would admit this episode did feel a little bit lackluster because of all the things we've talked about, but there was still enough good in it to give it an up. Honestly, you could have just given me Copeland versus Suzuki and I would have been a happy man but I am quite simple. Now, of course, please do click the video on the screen, which is ups and downs for Raw, so you can support all of our content here. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Let me know how wrong I am in the comments. Make sure you get ready for the Raw Rumble, my friends. We are two days away. It's going to be a humdinger. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.